Get ready, get ready. This is the Buffalo Down Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icor and Alex Jones. And we got him on And welcome to the BuffaloDown.com podcast. Brad the Bruiser, Ike Corn, and Alex Jones join you here as we get set for week three of the preseason. Buffalo taking on the Baltimore Ravens from New Era Field. Amongst many things going on with the Bills, uh, another whiteout is gone here. First, we lose Sammy Watkins and recently signed Brandon Bolden, is now Brandon Bolton, who decided to uh, retire after a very short tenure with the Bills. Uh, what do you make of the uh, sudden retirement of Brandon Bolden? Uh, Anquan Bolden, excuse me. Uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate, but to be honest, anybody who watched the game, like, Anquan still looked good, but he, he did look like he was half a step behind. And to be honest, if you're a player, we'd, it, it's better for you to admit, like, listen, I'm half a step behind. I don't have it anymore. I'd rather just leave than stick around and overstay your, you know, you either uh, retire a hero or stay around long enough to see yourself as the villain. And, you know, I'm surprised he just didn't retire, you know, a couple months down the road. I'm wondering what it took so long for him to decide to come back and then just two weeks go around and change his mind. I'm guessing what it was was that he hadn't, he'd still mentally thought, you know what, maybe I can go, you know, I can get through this. And then he went through camp and a couple preseason games. His body probably just didn't feel right. Um, in all honesty, it was probably just a thing where he just needed to test it out for himself. And real, unfortunately for our sake, he, we were the team that tested it. Yep, I agree. Well put here. This is the BuffaloDown.com podcast. Like I said, Brad the Bruiser, Icorn, and Alex Jones with you. Hit us both up on Twitter. Follow me at Bill's Bruiser. Follow Alex at Sane Alex Jones. So. Uh, you know, no Sammy Watkins, no Anquan Bolden. They bring in uh, Jordan Matthews, who is projected to be ready for week one, according to Sean McDermott. Um, so, I mean, really two guys on top of the depth ter- chart as far as receiver goes, you would think at least Jordan Matthews and then a rookie here in Zay Jones. I mean, what else can you make of this receiving core right now? Uh, you know, it, I think it's going to be a group that may surprise a few people. Um, Andre Holmes is a pretty good player. Um, Zay Jones has looked phenomenal throughout this preseason. Um, in all honesty, he has been the preseason MVP. Uh, Streeter, if Streeter can be healthy, I think he could be, a, you know, an impact player. Um, you know, it reminds me of a couple years ago when, uh, you know, uh, not a highly tied receiving core at all, but, um, you know, Stevie Johnson and Donald Brown, who's now uh, co-host of the John Murphy Show, and, uh, you know, some guys that were kind of flew under the radar here. I, I, I think maybe that's the kind of impact this receiving core has because, uh, fortunately, they still have uh, a very good ground game in LaShawn McCoy and Jonathan Williams, who's, you know, kind of worked his tail off this offseason as the two-back. Yeah, I also think that... Um one of the things to look for in this receiving core is if some of those undrafted free agent guys, or maybe a Des Lewis, could make make an impact. Um, you could see a guy like Brandon Riley, who had in uh, last last preseason game, he had quite a few good catches. Uh, maybe come out here and you know really push somebody for a starting job. 
uh, Walt Powell, who's Powell, who's also serving a four-game suspension, will also be somebody interesting to watch. Um, he, he's had a really good camp so far. He's looked good in the in the games. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep him around, um, and maybe and maybe bring in Brandon Riley, play him four games, and then practice squad him. Because in all honesty, I think that the um, I think our receiving core is not deep enough where you can, you know, sort of... Also, what we could look for is some guys who may get cut. You know, a few guys who are good veterans, but, you know, just they didn't have a spot for them on the roster. They wanted to do a cap dump. Those are some guys, you know, the Bills could really pick over the free agency bin um, and pick up a fourth or fifth wide receiver. And I'm just trying to rack my ba- brain here. Do you think there's any wide receivers you can identify that would probably fit that match or that may be on that bubble right now that the Bills could target? Just trying to think. Um, You know, there's always a few guys that get caught that are surprises. I was a little disappointed we didn't put in a uh, waiver claim for Lucky Whitehead when he got caught by the Cowboys. To be honest, I thought that he could... uh, I thought he easily could... uh, be our number three wide receiver. Um, but there's also a few trade possibilities. Philip Dorsett's been one that's been bounced around a little bit. Um, and so there, there's a few guys out there, maybe somebody like, um, I'm trying to think, Tory Tori, uh, Smith uh, that could be on the, you know, there, there's quite a few guys who could be on the block or could be on the last cut list that, um, that easily could fit in for the Bills. Any free agents that are out there right now that you could see them targeting as well at wideout? I'm trying to think uh, who's available at free agency right now. I know Stevie Johnson is still out there, but somehow I don't see him ever coming back to Buffalo. No, I, I don't see him coming back to football in all honesty. Um, I think he's just too banged up right as of right now to um really he had three good seasons in Buffalo and after that it's been all downhill. He was all right in San Francisco, got the injury bug bad in San Diego, and I think that's probably it for him. Yeah. Uh Vincent Jackson hasn't signed anywhere. He'd be an interesting one. And somebody that I was in love with coming out of the draft, Dorel Green Beckham. Oh, okay, um, yeah. He's, he's, I believe he's a free agent right now. And he has the athletic, uh, um, he has a huge athletic upside. He's got a lot of character issues, but to be honest, I I think that he easily could be somebody that could rectify their career if they get out of their head on straight. Yeah, I could definitely agree with that. 6'5", 235, he is a athletic freak. The problem is he just never got his head truly into the game. Um, Similar numbers to Justin Hunter. But if you really are looking for a big guy who could be, you know, somebody who could push the field for you, Dorel Green Beckham is that guy. You're listening to the BuffaloDown.com podcast. Glad you could uh, give us a download this week here. Always uh, like your tweets as well. Tweet me at Bill's Bruiser. Tweet him at St. Alex Jones. Tweet our whole website here at BuffaloDown.com. Uh, you can also follow us Facebook.com slash BuffaloDown and BuffaloDown. Dot com. Well, there's been so much made of the wide receiver core and the unfortunate missteps. Uh, call them missteps if you want to. They got a number two draft pick 
and a corner who uh, I guess left Sunday practice early and that EJ Gaines. Uh, and then, you know, they trade Darby and they get a third round pick and I think a decent wide receiver in Jordan Matthews. But aside from this wide receiver, I mean, defensively, I think this unit comes in really strong. We talked about this uh, last week that there's potential that this could be a top five defensive unit going into the year. Uh, yeah, to be honest, the defense has looked dominant through this preseason. Um, Jerry Hughes has looked maybe his best ever. Um, to be honest, maybe maybe the best he's ever looked. Um, Shaq Lawson's looked really good. J- Darius and Kyle Williams look like they're back to old form. Um, to be honest, I-, I think this change has been great for them, and I think that our defense could be one of the scary units in the NFL. And I was a big fan of Leslie Frazier when he was a coach for the Vikings, just a defensive coordinator, because I remember around the time that they hired Chan Gailey, he was one of the names mentioned to become the the head coach of the Bills. Um, Unfortunately, you know, we went a different direction. He ended up getting the head coaching job in Minnesota, lost it, and now he's here in Buffalo. And I really respect him as a defensive coordinator, and I like going back to the 4-3, and I think that... uh, his leadership and knowledge, along with the personnel that they have in there, I think uh, will kind of help return the defense back to you know what we saw under Jim Schwartz. I think we're definitely going to see a lot of pressure this year, but I think just a, a lot sounder defense, not trying to overcomplicate the scheme and what have you like the Ryan brothers did. No disrespect to Rex. I'll say whatever I want about uh, his brother Rob, but uh, uh, all in all, I, I really, really like Leslie Frazier, and I really expect him to do good things with this defense. I also like that McDermott has um, sort of delegated his roles. He's not in one room or the other. He is the head coach, so he's in charge of challenges, uh, non-play calling, you know. Basically, he's in charge of all the important stuff, or the, basically, the stuff that falls to nobody, he's in charge of. He, he so, doesn't, you know, fix it in one unit like a Rex would that's, you know, a defensive guy or, you know, a Doug Marone who was, you know, more of an offensive guy. He very much oversees, very much a big-picture head coach, right? Yeah, and I think that's going to be what brings us to success, in all honesty. Um, I, I think that the diversity of play, basically having both coaches, both coordinators having full autonomy over their teams um, will bring better success to both teams because when you have one person speaking you you always it is always in a better situation whether that be a business um, a school or anything if you put someone in a position of power and then constantly manage micromanage them they're not going to be successful however if you put somebody in a position of power let them flourish and give sort of management backup Um, that's when they have success. And that's what I think McDermott's putting in place for our coordinators to have success at almost every level. Yep, absolutely. I'll uh, agree 100% with you. Talking Buffalo Bills football as always here on the buffalodown.com podcast. At this time, we'll take a quick break. Come back with more here. This is Buffalo Down. He could. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. The Bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Come on now, the Bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Say we will.
shout it right now, baby. Say you will. Come on, come on. Say Nobody circled the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Okay, guys, where else would you rather be? This is the Buffalo Down Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icor and Alex Jones. And welcome back to the BuffaloDown.com podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. Week three of the preseason coming up at New Era Field on Saturdays. They host the Baltimore Ravens. Buffalo coming in at 0-2. Record means absolutely nothing at this point. I could care less. But, um, you know, we'll see what we can see here in this final preseason game here. Uh, they've solidified uh, Stephen Hauschka will be the sole kicker. Colton Schmidt, the sole punter in here. Uh what do you make of that here? Did uh, what's his name even have a shot? You think at making the team? Sorry, Alex. It'd probably help if I turn your microphone on here. Go ahead, sir. Uh, Ray Cowett had a shot throughout the preseason. Um, you know he'd been kicking pretty decently, both field goals and punts. Um, but to be honest, Schmidt had just looked really good, and Hauschka's looked lights out at special teams. So it makes sense to open up that spot now for another person. Um, uh, actually, the the game this week is away. It is in. Oh, uh, I'm sorry about that. That's right. Baltimore. It is in Baltimore. Next week is the Ralph Wilson Bowl at the uh, Bills Stadium with the yes. Lions and Bills. Yep, the annual Ralph Wilson Bowl. And yep. uh, good old Ralph was a minority owner of the Lions before he founded the Bills. So yes, yep. sir. Um, and to be honest, I think that the, this this will be very telling for what goes forward. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much Tyrod, Peterman, and Yates play. Um, to be honest, I don't think Yates' roster spot is safe. I, I don't think he's played well enough throughout no. the season or preseason to consider that him a lock for the roster. If someone else loses a backup, you know, somebody cuts a backup that the Bills think can be successful, they might bring them in over a Yates. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what's happening with that. Uh, I, I think that the um, offensive line is going to be another interesting one. Vlad Dukas got utterly destroyed by Fletcher Cox against the Eagles. Um, constant pressure in Tyrod's face, which didn't help Tyrod um, in basically at all times because he had a guy in his face within two seconds of getting the ball. So uh, I think it'll be interesting to see who starts at right guard and if uh, Cordy's back, they're optimistically back for week one. Who's starting at left tackle, whether it be the rookie um, out of Temple, Deion Dawkins, mm-hmm. or it's Central Henderson again? Um, so those are the battles I'll see. Also, wide receiver will be a fun one to watch um, just because it is um, it is one. Of, it's going to be one of those battles that's going to be tightly contested for 
not the top two spots, but maybe three through six will be the biggest battle spots. So it'll be fun to see who uh, who comes out on top there. Let's go back to TJ Yates. Um, and, and you said it that, you know, he he hasn't looked great in camp. And honestly, the way Peterman's played, and granted he's playing against, you know, second, third, you know, fourth string defenses here. I think he's done enough to elevate himself to the two spot here. Do you think that should they cut ties with Yates that there really would be someone out there that could automatically come in and jump ahead of Peterman? Um, I don't think there is. Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be any quarterback available who could jump ahead of Peterman. Um, just because they're going to need to catch up, they're going to need to build up the system. I, I, unless somebody like Jay Cutler gets cut or a big-name guy who may be able to push Peterman out um, just because he'll be more starter-ready. Um, then I could see it happening, but I, I don't see anyone um, really challenging for Peterman's role off the street for a few weeks anyways. And, you know, it's probably a little early to go ahead and start talking uh, the 2018 draft, but, you know, I've already heard some Bills fans just say, oh, you know, Peterman looks great. Uh, you know, let's not even draft a quarterback next year. You know, I, I don't necessarily see that happening. You know, he, he may have some potential, but if some of this big-name talent out there ends up coming out and going into the draft next year, I find it hard to believe that Buffalo wouldn't look at, uh, you know, solidifying long-term the quarterback position, even if, let's say, they decide, you know what, we're going to cut ties with Tyrod. Peterman will come in, he'll have a year under his belt, and then we're going to draft one of these kids uh, with the prospect of them being our future. Um, I, I know, I could see that happening. If if there's some sort of scenario where Peterman starts this season and he tears it up like RG3 or, you know, if they name a rookie quarterback, they didn't really expect to tear it up. Derek Carr a little bit. Roethlisberger, um, if you think his yeah. first year. Yeah. I, I could see the Bills seriously thinking, because here's the thing. At a certain point, the Bills will get outside the area where it'll be cheap to move up. Sure. So, if you're there, do you say, you know what, we're going to sit on a secondary quarterback, maybe somebody who falls on draft day, or we like this specific guy, and then we'll have a battle battle between Peterman and that person? Or if you're sitting there, and let's say there's a team blowing up your phone, hey, we'll give you two first round, you know, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes the offer is too sweet to pass up, like you've seen with the Browns. Um, what was it, 2015 draft? They got a lot of draft capital back and are sitting on a gold mine right now. Um, and so I think it's too early in the process for all sides, both for Peterman, for Tyrod, and for next year's quarterback class uh, to make a decision either way. Um, It'll all depend on how this season goes and how, where we end up. Yeah, I, I I feel like in preseason I see you know happen all the time that you know people get a glimpse of something and they start you know cashing their chips a little too soon here. So um, I think we're just going to have to wait and see and let's get into the season a little bit. Uh, still a couple weeks away here from week one versus the Jets that will be at New Era Field to start out the season uh, coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff from New Era Field. 
Uh, so still several weeks away from that, but week three coming up, M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore will be the site of this Saturday's game. So thank you for correcting me on that here, Alex. As like we said, they'll close out the preseason with the Ralph Bowl taking on the Detroit Lions. All right. Um, really, we've talked a lot of offense in this podcast here. Who needs to have a big game defensively? I mean, just looking at this team, Alex, tell me, who are the players that you would put on the bubble right now that need to have a strong game to solidify a spot on this roster uh, come the start of the season? Um, Eddie Yarbrough is one. I know he's had a good couple of games, but the thing about it being a fringe player is you can never stop your motor. So if Eddie Yarbrough comes out and has a great game this third game and a great game the fourth game, that'll lock down his roster spot. But one horrendous game can sometimes completely screw up uh, an opportunity for a player. So I think that Eddie Yarbrough's one. Another one that's interesting is Gerald Hodges. He's bounced around the defense a little bit. It'll be interesting to see where he fits um, within the linebacking core at the start of the season. Um, And my third one is going to be um, Sharice Wright who's going to be starting opposite of uh, Tredavious White um, and it'll be his his role if he keeps playing well like he did last game then I think that first cornerback spot could be locked down for him yep I could see that happening as well so um, alright some good matchups here as we look into like we said uh, week three uh, pretty much the uh closest thing you could get to address rehearsal in preseason because uh, week four, you know, that's a game that just off the top of my head, I, I can't recall last time I remember the Bills winning the uh, the Ralph Bowl here but that game was always so meaningless that, you know, exactly I mean, it's just bragging rights if anything at all Alright, final thoughts before we uh, wind this podcast down completely here, Alex Um, Just that, you know, I, I... It'll be interesting to see in the coming weeks if anything else. Um, the Bills came out and opened and through the Bills didn't come out and say, but multiple sources with knowledge of the information, uh, according to Pro Football Talk, have said that LaShawn McCoy, they have not entertained offers, they're not entertaining any offers, and they are not um, accepting any offers coming in for LaShawn McCoy, meaning that he is entirely off the block. Um, and, and It'll be interesting to see if we start moving maybe some picks or something else to move up and grab a player who may be able to help us like a Philip Dorsett. Um, you know, sort of a fringe guy who may be able to come in and do something special for this team. Yep, I would tend to agree with you there. Um, I would hope that the Bills win part ways with Cheney McCoy because I still think that that guy has a lot left in the tank. Uh, you know, well beyond, you know, this year and next year and, you know, year after that. So uh, um, it would be very much, you know, ransoming the the, the present to invest in the future. Uh, but I still think you get a lot of future out of Shady McCoy. So uh, I hope that wouldn't happen. But after what we saw when I woke up from my nap and I found out that Sammy Watkins and Ronald Darby were gone, you know, I, th- I think anything is possible. Um, I wouldn't say I'm fearful anymore, but... You know, I'm just hoping against hope that uh, Shady McCoy remains on this roster. I couldn't agree more with you, Brad. 
right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the BuffaloDown.com podcast. Like I said, uh, like our uh, work here at BuffaloDown.com. Uh, like us on Facebook.com slash BuffaloDown. Uh, tweet us all at BuffaloDown, at uh, Bill's Bruiser, and at St. Alex Jones. For Alex Jones, I am Brad the Bruiser Icorn. Go Bills! This has been the BuffaloDown.com podcast, part of the Fan Sided Sports Network, an R Street Media production.